Welcome to Cleveland's newest and Cleveland's best sports podcast. This is Two Guys in a Mic with your hosts Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Let's go. Are you looking to make a lifestyle change for your health and wellness? Try personal training through Renegade Soul. Follow Renegade Soul 216 on Instagram and Facebook. Go to the website www.renegadesoul216.com. Sign up today for your first personal training session. You're worth it. There's an important message waiting for you at the Truth About Child Loss podcast. It's a message of heartache and pain, but also of strength, faith, resilience, perseverance. The Truth About Child Loss by the Christian Jaden Project, available now on Spotify. Hey, everybody. Welcome to uh, the Football Sunday edition of Two Guys and a Mic. I'm one of your hosts, Ron Pierce, known as RP. And I'm your other host, Big Sean. How's everybody doing this evening? Hopefully everybody's doing as good as, uh, as I'm doing, as good as you might be doing, because guess what? We are four. I don't know if you see the setup. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if y'all see the setup, but man, let me tell you, it's been a long freaking time coming. Like, I, I, again, I'm not going to sit here and act like uh, the Browns are the best team I've ever seen play football. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys, oh, we're playoff bound, we're Super Bowl bound. We, When I was younger, if I was, what, 11? Oh, that's on the pilot. We're we going to Super Bowl. Right, <laughs> exactly. But we but know better now. We know better. We've seen better. better. We, we, we've seen teams a little bit better than this team, not – even play this well for the Browns and be four and one as we were when we were kids, right? So, uh, you know, but I'm I'm in a good spot. Uh, Sean is, of course, generally more pessimistic than me. That's what <laughs> Sean. Is, <laughs> I wish I, I wish I could tell you guys I'm shocked, but I'm not. <laughs> Look, I'm happy. I just have a few concerns that right, listen. We, I know. We'll discuss. I know Sean always brings me down to earth. I always try to be the the gay guy, and Sean's like, "Yeah, man, but you heard that they picked up the the towel boy from Cincinnati, right?" That's all. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, let's but, let's uh, go ahead and, and get into it. Yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into it. So, for me, uh, this past week when we did the midweek show. Uh, I'll go back and I'll, 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 I'll turn my notes over and I'll tell you some of the things that I was concerned with uh, pregame, just to update everyone. Um, of course, the Browns' run game versus the Colts' run defense. Uh, they have the best run defense in the league. We have the best run offense in the league. So I was uh, con- concerned about how or at least wanting to see how we were going to play against uh, their right. offensive line or vice versa, how their line was going to play against us. Uh, and any new wrinkles, anything that we could bring up, et cetera, et cetera. Um, also, what we might be able to do if they could stop our run. 
And not to say if they can stop our run, like our run is so great they can't stop it, but just, you know, if they if they slow the run down, what do we do? Like, how do we manage from that point? Like, what do we do next? So I was wondering how the off, uh, the, the uh, pass game was going to play. You know, uh, what would Baker do? What would OBJ do? What would uh, Jarvis do? Et cetera, et cetera. What would be the, the makeup to even slow down that pass rush from Stefanski and then the, the Rivers and Baker, uh, you know, kind of show, if you want to call it a showdown. Because neither one of these guys are playing like super uh, great or superb, if you want to say that. Right. And then, and then plus Rivers is 185 years old right well, now. Well, he's 167 years old and he's, he's way past his prime. Yeah. yeah. So there was that. And then also, with that, they have a really good offensive line. They haven't uh, had to deal with anybody like this guy. So my other part was to see how Miles Garrett will play uh, in this game. So those were my concerns going and looking back at my notes on uh, on Wednesday. And I think I said the score would be. Let me get it correct. Uh, I said twenty to. 28 to 24 is what I said the score would be. Okay. So that's what I, I knew they were going to score. And I picked the Browns to win, by the way, just so, you know, we're, we're all the way clear. What what were your pregame stuff, uh, your pregame concerns on Wednesday going into, into today? Pretty, pretty much the same as yours. Um, you know, I, the one difference is that, I wanted to see if we could still capitalize off turnovers because um, I knew Rivers, he usually is going to give you a couple yeah. um, during the game, and we've been capitalizing on turnovers all season. So I wanted to see if we could do that once again. And then, like you stated earlier, same thing as far as our run offense against their run defense. Indianapolis um, has a, the number one overall defense, period. They're number one against the pass and the run. So I wanted to see how we would fare against that. And – um, you know, if they did shut down our run, can we make the necessary adjustments? So that's the kind of things that I was, you know, just kind of looking looking into before uh, the game this afternoon. So um, you can go ahead and start it off. So, um, and also let's go ahead and just give them the final score. The Browns did win 32 to 23 against the Indianapolis Colts, which improves our record to four and one and drops the Indianapolis Colts to a three and two record. And go ahead and give me uh, – well, not give me, but give well, our audience here all, questions on the game. First of all, thank you. Thank you for, for handing me the, the baton, sir. Uh, I appreciate that. I was kind of hoping to lead in. You know, I never know from week to week how, how we're going to do the show. Sometimes it's a field thing. Sometimes it's uh, necessary for me to kind of take over. Sometimes it's necessary for you because I feel like sometimes you might have a better – uh, a perspective. So sometimes I need to hear what you're going to say to make sure that I'm in the same spot. Like we both talk to each other so well. That's right. kind of how, how it goes. But just bringing some perspective to the situation, the Cleveland Browns are four and one. And I couldn't care less that people want to say who cares who they play, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to hear it. The Cleveland Browns are four and one. Right. You beat who's on your schedule. Period. And you have to do that. Like, the Steelers are 4-1, too. Guess what? 
They really haven't played anybody. Who cares? They're right. four and one, like they should be. Actually, they're four and zero. Oh. Or oh, that's right. I forgot they didn't play that yeah. one. Right. They so, did. Yeah. They're right. So they're, they're undefeated as they should be because they beat whoever showed up. Mm-hmm. So you can't be angry at them being four and zero oh against teams they should have beat. Same thing with us. You know, we beat teams because if we lost to those teams, everybody would give us grief. Um, exactly. But for the first time since 1994, uh, I was 20 years old in 1994. I am now 46. However, I may look like I'm uh, 67, <laughs> but I am, I am only 46. And in 1994, Michael Jordan was playing for uh, the Birmingham Barons and minor league baseball when the Browns last were four and one. That's crazy. Eric Metcalf was still on the Browns. My favorite Brown of all time. Bill Belichick was our coach. Bill Belichick was the damn coach. The last time we, the Cleveland Browns, were four and one. So we are in a kind of a rarefied era. That's why I think I'm feeling a little more nostalgic in terms of um, where we are. So I'm going to get into the game, but I had to put that out there because I don't want people to misunderstand where my fervor is. My, where, you know, I'm, I'm like up here right now. Um, I'm, I'm still rooted in reality. I don't think by any stretch of the imagination we're getting ready to just, you know, uh, win the Super Bowl or, or win the, the AFC. However, I am happy. So in this game, again, one of the things I wanted to, to pay attention to was the quarterback play. Uh, not just from Baker, but also from uh, Old Man Rivers. I wanted to see what Old Man Rivers still had in the tank. But the one thing I knew about Old Man Rivers, you just pointed out a little bit ago, I knew that too. This dude is a turnover factory, and he's definitely a fourth quarter turnover factory. So I knew that if the game was closed and we were able to get any pressure, or make anything a little bit out of source for him, that the turnover potential would have been there. Um, I'll be honest with you. Got pressure on him today. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of pressure on him today. He, I don't think he's seen any pressure this year. Not, not like that. Um, so he, of course, turned the ball over. Only thing when I said quarterback versus quarterback, Becker turned the ball over twice. That last. Uh, Interception he threw, there was nobody in the goddamn vicinity, bro. And and that's a problem for me. Because to me, it was a third down. Throw the shit away, take the loss, take the intentional grounding, if that's what's gonna end up being called, because you punting anyway. But don't throw right. it in the middle of the field where no receiver is at. And I don't right. want to come down on Baker because Baker's been playing pretty good, but he had two interceptions today. Um, and we did also win. So I don't want to, like, sound like a, like, a, like a Debbie Downer or somebody who just doesn't get it or everything I say is just going to end up being some, some foul stuff. But that was an issue for me. Um, I, know, right. I know I'm just talking about the game, but we'll get deeper into my real feelings about that as I go to my negatives. The defensive line looked good. Our defensive line. Olivier Vernon was active. I know we, we, we've spoken about that too. 
But yeah, Olivier, really more, this is the most active he's been since he's been here. Well, I tell you um, what, yesterday, last or yesterday, uh, last week he did have. Uh, I looked it up. He had seven hurries last week. Oh, did now, he? I don't know how they record hurries. <laughs> yeah, because I really didn't see. It. I did but see him getting he a had seven hurries last week. So I was like, wow, okay. So it made me pay more attention today to what he was doing. Um, and he played really good. He played really good today. Uh, I don't even – listen, Miles Garrett is freaking incredible, bro. Miles Garrett is freaking incredible. Yeah, now, now he's starting to do what I've been asking for. He's starting to be that disruptive force I just think he's where he does freaking havoc in the back. Up, I think yeah. he's warming up. Yeah, because, too, we got to realize, too, there was no preseason – probably like a half-ass training camp, basically. So these guys are still getting in football shape. So um yeah. got to take that into account. But now, man, he's, he's, his motor is going 100 miles an hour. I mean, this dude is incredible, man. I'm seeing, I'm seeing why the work with uh, – with uh, – What's what's uh Bruce with with uh Bruce uh Smith? Bruce Smith, yeah. I'm seeing it starting to pan out right now. Like I'm starting to see him turn corners real low, keep his right. balance, and then still being able to affect the play, even though he's getting pushed away. The quarterbacks are like freaking out. Right. You know what I mean? Like they don't like not being able to see this guy coming. And uh, and I, I'm seeing that happen. Like this dude is, uh, what what you've been asking from week one. I think we're starting to see that he's starting to affect the game uh, that yeah. way. So I'm I'm gonna I'm, causing chaos. Yeah, he's caused man. He's causing a lot of. I saw a lot of two and three uh, uh, bumps on him. I saw a lot of double teams, and he come out of a double team, and then somebody else bumps him like the running back or. You know, or the tight end. Like, he was getting bump, 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 bump. He was getting triple and, and quadruple team. So, when you're that active, you can't tell me that these dude, that he's not that good because nobody pays that kind of attention to you when you're not that good. Right. And now, if, if Vernon and Sheldon Richardson and those guys continue to play the way that they're playing, now you can't pay as much attention to Miles because right. you got to worry about right. the other guys. Correct. Too. He's making the same Right. easier for the rest of the catch. So uh, that's a plus for uh, the defensive line. Uh, the, the the linebackers actually played pretty okay today. Um, I'm actually liking this dude, Jacob Phillips. Uh, yeah, he's trying to show a little something now. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. So he's still raw. He's still got to figure some things out. But he's affecting the game. I've seen him affect the game in the last uh, two out of the last three weeks. So I'm gonna give him some props and, and, and say that you know the guys he's he's really playing well yeah. enough for me to give him more credit today. Um, right. Also, we got the week after week. Yeah, it's like we got the week. You show up. I gotta I gotta say something about um, how you play. It was really good to see uh, you know Higgins. On the field today, he made a couple of plays. I was wondering where he was. I was wondering what was happening. So it was I good. I wonder if 
what did Higgins do to fall out of favor? <laughs> I don't know. Coaches, man. It, like, did he seem like um, a pretty, I don't know if he's quiet or not, but he, he didn't seem to be a troublemaker. somebody's mama, dog. He must have said something. Like, like, man. Because last week, I have no idea what this guy could have done. Right. And, and and let me just give a little background, America. So, you know, Rashard Higgins was like a third-round draft pick a few years ago, became a fan favorite 2018, um, seemed to have a very good rapport with, with Baker Mayfield. And then when Freddie Kitchens took over last year as head coach, um, he and uh, Rashard Higgins weren't just on the same page. And really, they never explained what happened. But he a barely like him Joku, too. Yeah, he only had five catches last year. So the Browns um, re-signed him. So I'm thinking, okay, you're re-signing him, so you must want to make him a part of the offense. Um, but then I noticed, like, even the first game of the season, when we would bring in our, you know, our three-wide receiver package or four, like JoJo Natson and Daryl yep. um, yep. Hodge were getting snaps. So I'm just like, well, where's Rashad? Yeah. So what's going on with that? So uh, come to find out, he was inactive the last two games and, with uh, Kadero Hodge, you know, being hurt and Jojo Natson out for the whole season, you know, Higgins got some playing time today, and he uh, and you he show up. up. You got to show. You got to show why they need to keep you on, and and why you need to continue to have uh, a uniform. You have to, and despite exactly. if you're a Rashad Higgins, I mean, it's easy to just collect the check, but bro, I know you want to just. I know you want to play football. I mean, if if I was the best burger guy at McDonald's. I don't want to just show up and not work. I don't want to just stand in the back and watch other people sling burgers. I want to actually be a guy that's uh, the burger slinger. So I didn't, you know, I, I don't know why or what was popping off, but uh, it, it, it didn't look good for Rashad, but it was really good to see him uh, today they decided to go to him and let him play, and I'm I'm happy that he was out there. Um, we also we had a, a Sheldrick Redwine uh, uh, right. sighting today. After we bashed him last week, uh, we killed him. We killed him. We killed him. I, I said he was awful, like as a player, uh, as a record label, and as a crew. <laughs> I said he. <laughs> <laughs> I said he was awful. <laughs> Yeah, but, come to find man, out, he, he was. Up, he showed up today with a with a pick, so I'm I'm, I'm speaking, uh, you know, for America, for for those guys that are listening, for for Cleveland, who who may be listening. I'm just speaking on a, on the positives right now. Um, Sheldrick, well, uh, I always do that when I say his name. Sheldrick Redwine, uh, had a pick today. And he actually played solid. Like, when I looked at what he was doing on the field, when he was on the field, he was where he was supposed to be. And I think a part of that is similar to what I said about uh, Terrence Mitchell. Sometimes you can only do what your ability allows you to. But if they're asking you to step outside of that, that's what makes you suck even more. Right. But if they're asking you to do this within what they want you to do, and they think that's your ability, that's what makes you suck as a football player. So Sheldrick Redwine, I think, has – he's been in some bad spots with the previous regimes. Um, I don't know that these guys have given him the, the room or the, or the development to try to figure out what he can or can't do. 
But I'm putting a little bit of faith in uh, Stefanski and his defense, uh, the defensive coordinators and those guys, the defensive back uh, coaches. I see a little bit more, and I'll get, I'm going to get into my negatives. Trust me when I tell you. So I see a little bit more out of those guys than I saw maybe in the beginning of the season. Um, so I had to, you know, tip my cap to Sheldrick. Um, so in terms of my positives for the Browns, I think that was it. It was I, I, Listen, Baker looked decent. I don't like throwing the ball that much, and I definitely don't like throwing the ball that much early. But Baker looked decent for the most part. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash him. I would probably give him a a B minus C as a as a, a C plus as a as a quarterback today. Um, the O line again looked great. I you know I hated that Teller went out. Um, that hurt it. You know that hurt that hurt us a lot. It hurt and, us a lot in the second half. Yeah, it hurt us a lot because they couldn't stop. Uh, what's my man from uh, Frisco? Uh, the D tackle, uh, uh, Buckner. Buckner, we couldn't stop. Of course, Buckner. Dude. Yeah, we couldn't stop that dude in the second. Uh, and like it would have helped to have uh, our interior lineman there. You know what I mean? To throw right. him off and, a little bit, but. And uh, I forgot they had Justin Houston too. Man, he led the league in right. sacks one year. Right. Yeah. Uh, he he, he kind of forgotten guy, but he was all all pro. Um, at one point in time, man. So. Um, Indianapolis' defense is pretty hey, stout for the most part. Hey, listen, their defensive line for sure. We ain't even talking about the whole defense. Their defensive line is legit. Like, yeah, you can say whatever you want. You can think. I think we only average about three and a half. Of course, we didn't have uh, our number one uh, running a back. However. These guys still did their job, uh, speaking of the Colts' defensive line. They did their job. They showed up, and they stopped what whoever showed up today. They went right in there, and they slowed those guys down, and we only got like three and a half yards per carry, and that's about what their average is. So they, they, did, they did their work. You know, I can't – I, I tip my cap to, to them, too, for, for showing up today and, and, and doing uh, what they need to do. What what did you see positively anyway? What did you see in the game today? Right. My main thing that I'm seeing from this year's version of the Browns overall is I'm starting to see growth. And what I mean by that is um, at one point in time, we were up, what was it, 27 to 10? Yeah, we had got a pick six. Um, right. Shout out to Ronnie Harrison. got a pick six. We went up 27 to 10. Um, and they come right back. And they take the, the the kickoff to the house. Right. Um, and our special teams have been bad all year. All right. So that happened. Then I believe Baker threw an interception. And they go back down and they get a field goal. And it's 27 to 10, 27 to 20. Now, normally, when the Browns are making mistakes like that, turning the ball over, um, giving up special, you know, a touchdown on special teams, normally it's the team – collapses we like we we were so bad that we could never overcome those type of mistakes and now we're getting to the point where um even though when we make those type of errors we're learning from them we're still able to overcome them and pull out a victory and those are what 
good teams have to do because you're not going to play a perfect game. And I think sometimes, you know, when we sit there and we're analyzing games, we expect perfection. And we can be a little hard on the players sometimes. Understand that, you know, they're human. They're going to make mistakes. The other team are professional athletes as well. Um, yeah, they get checks to win too. too. Look, yeah. they get checks too. They get checks too. So um, that's why, like, as far as, you know, what I was concerned about wasn't necessarily um, Baker making those uh, turnovers because uh, that's going to happen. I don't like that he did it. But it, after losing um, Teller, you know, our deep offensive line was breaking down a little bit. He was under a lot of pressure, probably more pressure than he has been all season in that second half. And he made a couple of mistakes. Um, okay. the, the main concern for me was just like the injuries that we were having um, going forward. Um, so I was kind of, um, you know, kind of concerned about that. We lost a couple of defensive linemen and that, you know, bothers me going forward because we need you know all the healthy bodies that we can have yeah but you know before i even you know you know go that route as far as like overall um um the browns played a you know a solid game um also they took away our run game for the most part yeah and so stefanski adjusted had to throw the ball a little bit more and we made some plays baker made some plays downfield early in the first half um, you know, that got us that big lead. Um, Jarvis Landry made big catches. Austin Hooper showed up. Um, um, Higgins had a touchdown. OBJ didn't have a big game, but he had some, some key catches. Had a couple of big third down receptions overall. So um, I like the fact that even though we couldn't run, which is the strong point of our offense, we were able to adjust, still move the ball and score. And that is... Um, an indicator that we have a competent coach that does doesn't say, okay, we're going to stick to this game plan and we're going to keep doing this, even if it's not working. They saw that they were being, you know, uh, being uh, stiff against the run. We made some adjustments and attacked them where they were weak. So I was very happy um, to see that. And then my last point, um, as far as uh, us growing, we are at a point too when we're making plays when we need to to seal the game. Last week, it was OJ on a toss sweep. Mm -hmm. This week, um, things were getting, you know, we, we got down to, what, 29 to 23. Um, third down, matter of fact, third and long, and Dearness Johnson had a, what, a 20-yard yeah. run? Yeah, that run was huge. Pretty much sealed the game. And it was like third, what'd you say? It, it was like third and third, like four. Like third and four or something like that. Yeah, and he busted um, up. And like we, we were looking... Yeah, and that the play was clock was running good. down. They were kind of confused, kind of wasn't really set and got the playoff. And Rashard Higgins made a huge block. When you go back and watch that. Yeah, he blocked down. Yep. Yeah, he yep. made a huge block that, that freed up. The right on the edge. Because it wasn't – he was actually the only dude out there block, uh, to, to block, actually. Right. They, the blocks all went down, and the, the run kind of came that way. So the only guy that could have stopped the, the, the corner – I'm not sure if it was a corner or a safety, but the only guy that could have stopped him was that wide receiver, and Higgins made right. that. Point. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, no, no. In the, now in the past, it would have got tight like that. The Browns would have had to punt the ball. Philip Rivers would have took the ball right down the field, scored a touchdown. We would have lost thirty to twenty nine, lost by one. Right. Um, so that's the 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 biggest takeaway from from me. Um, 
and that's like I said, just not just this game, just overall during the season, I can just see the growth and the uh, maturation of our football. Well, I'm gonna tell you something, bro. Uh, Doug Diggin, I was I was listening to a piece of his interview he did uh, on one of uh, the other affiliates, but he said something that really kind of stuck out to me, like. Sometimes winning the small battles equate to winning the big battles. So winning those third down battles, doing the small things in the game, like getting that third down when we got to get a third down and not give them the ball back or uh, making that block on the edge so that we can make that third down. Like it's the small battles within the game that actually helps you win the war. Right. And 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 that's again goes back to uh Stefanski, it goes back to uh his coaching staff. Right. Uh, they are they are preparing the guys. And it, here's something else that we, we haven't seen in a long time. So we can't equate how this might work. The fact that we haven't been four and one or three and one in a long ass time. How much effort do guys show when you're one and three? Right. And you don't believe whatever's happening around right. you is going to be the best thing. You don't believe in the culture, the staff. You don't believe in the system or anything yeah. like that. You're absolutely yeah. right. So how how do you how do you block consistently downfield just because? But it's easier to do when you're three and one and you're trying to be four and one. Right. So I mean, it's a caveat. I understand that. It, it it's a it's a slippery slope, but I think I think there's something to that as well, and we'll we'll probably yeah, discuss that. I mean, hell, who who could discuss that more than maybe outside of Cleveland fans? Who could discuss that more than maybe uh, a damn Lions fan? You know, like right. when you when you're already zero and five, and you asking this guy to block downfield, we already zero and five, my my G, right. I'm not about I to sacrifice block. my body and my health. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You, you're you're right. Cause I'm in my I'm in the last year of my contract, homie. Yeah. I'm just trying to be out here on the field so I can get this bonus. And they call it so a business sad. decision. They call it in sports a business decision. Like that. Hey, come on, man. Come on, bro. You burn yourself so, or not. How many so. times have we lost because of business decisions, Charlie? Exactly. So we, right. we probably listen. If we could put those, when you talk about uh, analytics, <laughs> if we could put those analytics on, on a page, right, that would change everything. And, so. and, and shout out to Kevin Stefanski, man. Just, I mean, like the clock management too, man. Time management has been he gets superb. It. He gets it, man. And one of the things that I heard about him, like I, I won't say that I did some, you know, like massive – background check on a guy like like I'm the FBI. But, <laughs> you know, we've had enough uh, bullshit, fake, new young guy uh, coaches that have come in here that we just kind of accepted that this guy must be the guy. Like Mike Pett. Mike Pett ain't a bad defensive coach. I don't know that he's a Coaches, man, like, why do I need you as my head coach? Is what I'm you know saying. what, though? Mike Patton got a kind of got a, a bad deal. I, listen, I'm not just because of all the it was a circus going on. 
Listen, you know, I don't dispute that. I, you will never hear me say Mike Pettin was the worst head coach we've ever had. I understand what happened. I know what happened. He was fighting against the front office, which sucks. That's the same thing that's happening in uh, in Washington right now. The front office wanted one quarterback. The guy who was the coach uh, didn't want the quarterback. So he barely played the quarterback and didn't do anything to develop the quarterback. Right. And, and you touched on that last week about Dwayne Haskins. I want to make yeah. that point real quick. Um, so I'm kind of disappointed in him right, right now. So he got benched and he kind of just started out and, and pretty much quit. He's and he, but here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. To me, when you're in that position, you kind of got to want to, you got to stay ready so you can prove yourself to those to the organization that you are starting quarterback. Now, the guy that took his place today, Cal Allen, ended up getting hurt. So if Dwayne Haskins would have still been on his – his uh, They didn't even want to do it in the building. They told that dude to stay home. No, but no, they, from what I heard is that he decided that he wasn't coming because is he was how, acting up. Yeah. The stuff I saw – because I told you in our last show, I told you when he was uh, during practice – he was standing on the sideline with his arms crossed, like I ain't playing or I'm not. So they, yeah. that's why they demoted him to third string. Right. And so I, I'm not disagreeing with what you're saying. I just heard a different story. Like well, they're just like, well, if you go, because to me, it's like, hey man, if you ain't gonna participate, stay home. Which is right. an indictment. That's not an indictment on uh, the Washington football team. Exactly. Exactly. You know, the, the point I was trying to make. If he had to just would have stayed with that positive attitude and still would have been ready and engaged, yeah, yeah, he would have got back in the game today after Cal Allen got hurt. He would have got hey, put back in. You remember, and I know this is a different sport, but you remember in uh, in the three, what was it, the three game playoff that the Indians had with the Yankees? They pulled a young guy out. That guy wasn't happy that he had to come out, but what did he do? He stood there. On the rail, he wasn't sitting in a dugout or in a in a tunnel. He was on the rail with his arms crossed, rooting for the guy that... Right, you're talking about Naylor. Yeah. He was mad as shit. This is a guy who has five five hits in two games, and yeah, Sandy decided to pinch hit. He was on fire, right. To take that bat out of the game. So what Sean is, is saying is there are examples of guys that in a team sport show up and represent anyway. Like, I ain't happy, but I'm a root for this guy. I'm going to keep this positive spirit. I'm going to keep this positive momentum because I can you be never man. When you're you going to have to get pulled back in the game. Like, if he would have stayed positive, stayed engaged, he would have been the number two quarterback. Kyle Allen got hurt today. He could have. He would have went back in the game, and he could have said, "Okay, I'm gonna show out. I'm gonna show you that." Bro, I you weren't even in the building. No, nope. you weren't even in the building nope. to do that. So that's on, and and that's something that I keep telling people. Like people are like, "Oh man, I feel sorry for that kid." I, I can't. I can only feel so sorry for the guy because I think his talent level is there. He needs some folks to develop him. He needs some help in terms of development, but man, I I don't feel sorry for that dude. Like you said, if you being a a, a grump 
and not showing up and not doing the things that you need to do to help your team, I'm not sure why I need you anywhere around my team, which is why I said, you know, my comment earlier was just to kind of clarify. I'm not, I'm not in any way indicting uh, the Washington football team or, or their coaches. If this do, I mean, and I've already said that. I said that in the in the, uh, in the game last week. I mean, excuse me, in our show last week. Uh, their coaches are no nonsense coach, bro. Ron Rivera don't play these games with you, right? And he may have He's seen something like play this during the team meetings or anything that may have yeah. said, "Okay, this kid is not, it's not um, taking it serious, or he's not getting it." And, and listen, maybe that's another reason why, because Ron Rivera doesn't seem to be an unfair guy. He's like not unfair. Haskins was doing what he was supposed to do and prepping and showing it on the field. I don't think he would have yanked them. No, Ron Rivera is not something. unfair. He is right. He he now he was a, a player when Sean and I were little kids. Oh man, he's, he was he's on the 85, 85 Bears, Bears, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on the 85 Bears. Uh so we were eleven years old when that happened. Or going on eleven years old when that happened. Um, Cause that was in January. So actually we were going on 12 that, at going that time. 12. But anyway, that's still, I mean, we're way far from 12, 11 or 12 at this point in our lives. Um, but Ron Rivera grew up in that system and in that era of you play and practice and, sh- and, and, and perform at all times the way you're going to do it in the game. So the thing, the reason that Carolina made it to the finals, or excuse me, I'm looking at I'm looking at the, the finals right now. Uh, the reason that Carolina made it to the Super Bowl was be a lot of it was because of Ron Rivera, the culture that he presented for them. Now I know that the talent of each one of those players that were there was the bigger reason. You know, that was the year that Cam was the MVP and all that stuff. But Ron Rivera is one of those guys, he's not going to do that, that, that nonsense. And he didn't take that from Cam. He didn't care. He showed up in the scarf. I need you to, when you put your helmet on, I need you to be Superman. Right. And Cam understood that. So that's the same thing with, uh, with Dwayne Haskins. It's not necessarily happening. Kyle Allen was the guy that was behind Cam last year. So him and Ron have an idea about each other. So he, he knew. played fairly well. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't he bad. He's not a bad right. he won he won a few games that they shouldn't have won uh when he took over last year. So I mean again, this dude knows what he's doing. I, I like Ron Rivera. I think Ron knows what he's doing. I just I, it's a bad situation for for uh Dwayne for where Dwayne came from. But yeah, so hopefully he gets his attitude together, man, because other teams will see that That's too. the only thing. So if you, you try to catch on with somebody else, they're going to be like, man, look, are you are you dedicated to this team or is it about you? It's on him. It, right now, this is all on him. And he's a young kid. What is he, 22? Yeah. Uh, I get it, uh, man. About that, 21, 22. Right. Like, but, like but a, it's like all a, on him, bro. Right. It's, like a, it's, it's how he decides to, to deal with the situation. Yeah. I mean, uh-huh. and, you, and you have to, you have to learn. You got because I'll give you a quick story about me, real quick. You know, I bowl, right? I bowl. I used to bowl competitively um, in leagues, really since I was like five years old. Kind of taking a little hiatus, but 
I remember um, that. I know that. I take it real to heart. Like, I should be so bad, man. If we lose, it would ruin my Saturday. I wouldn't talk to none of the other. I remember um, because I'd be wanting to come play and you ain't want to come out the house. <laughs> yeah, if I bowl bad, yeah, I wouldn't come out. I, I mean, I was terrible. So, um, so we were bowling for um, for positioning to get into the, the championship round, right? And we lost. Like, we barely lost. So, so then the next week, you know, everybody kind of still bowls that last week. Um, but the best that we could have done um, was coming third. And I was like, I'm not going. I'm not showing up. And so at the banquet, and I didn't think nothing of it. I'm like, we ain't got nothing to bowl for. So at the banquet, my teammate, you know, kind of like shunned me. He kind of like looked at me like, he didn't say it, but he was like, man, you ain't sure. You know, we still have something to bowl for. And then you the captain and you just don't show up. Yeah, and I had to learn from that. I was like, I can't, I can't be that. I can't be that way. Um, yeah. Also, so it changed my whole demeanor going forward. Like I wasn't the same grump, grumpy guy at bowling. Um, tried to learn how to have a little bit more fun with it. Because that's what it was a church league at that. You know, but you can't, oh league. my God. And it's a church league. So you like. <laughs> <laughs> I was being a complete jerk. Like if we were losing, I wasn't talking to nobody. And listen, but, and I'm I'm all competitive like that too, but just kind of going into parts of your story, because some of the things that I do know about you is you're absolutely right. You are you are super competitive, bro. Nobody would ever think this about Sean. Nobody anybody who knows Sean. Because I'm laid back for the most part. Because he's so super laid back. Like I've played sports against Sean. We play video games. Sean has turned video games off on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, nah, you're not gonna beat me. Turn it off. <laughs> like I've seen him right. at his worst in terms of competitiveness. Or a loser. Even an indictment on him because I'm the same way. I'm yeah. I get so frustrated in competitions. So I, I get it. I understand. And I sore think loser. I a, a sore loser. That's me. I not, try not to be a sore loser, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, it does end up playing out like you just. A sore <laughs> man, even we was playing Sandlot baseball and football back in the day, man. I Bro, Saudi. Listen, I don't know. I, I don't know if Sean remembers this. I hope he does, but I don't know if he does. So, and this is a whole deviation from where we're where we're going. But this is one of the great things about doing a show with a lifelong friend, a friend that is not just a friend by business, but a, a friend by you're my goddamn friend and I've been knowing you since forever. Right. So we lived on the same street in the same uh, suburb. When I moved to the suburbs, Sean and his family were already there. One of the connections for me and Sean were that where I grew up at, he actually grew up about about two streets, over, about three away. streets over. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, I mean, it was crazy that we had this connection. So I just connected. We connected with each other very, very quickly. It was nothing. It was no work. It was like two seconds, and we both understood. All right, bet it's my guy because he gets it. I get it. Bang, right. So this one particular day, we were playing football, or we were getting ready to play football. And we were picking teams. And I remember it wasn't a lot of people out there that could really play. <laughs> and Sean said to me, 
he said, hey, man. And, and we hadn't even picked captains yet. But Sean said to me as we were walking to the, to the field, he goes, hey, man, if you ain't on my team, I'm not playing. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking to myself, like, ah, oh, it should be okay. Maybe I'll be one of the captains. So we did this thing. Anybody who's ever played street football, we did this thing. Uh, with the football. Strings, strings, and no strings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strings, strings, oh, wow. and no strings. You went way back. Right. So we did we did the string, string, and no string, and I didn't get first pick. So Sean was like the second pick or the first pick for these other guys because I probably would have been the first pick if I wasn't the captain. So they picked Sean. Sean walked away. <laughs> he, he just immediately walked away, and I'm like, where you going, dog? We got to play. And he did. He came back. He played. But he only half-assed played. And I knew he was only half-assed playing. Sean, listen, Sean is, could potentially be one of the most competitive as well as toxic people <laughs> where shit ain't going his way. <laughs> Do you remember yeah, that? A little word toxic in there. Yeah, I remember, remember that. that? <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I said, man, I'm like, Sean, man, you can't. He was mad. Listen, I've never seen this guy. At that time, I had never seen this guy that mad. I've seen him that mad before now. But at that time, I'm like, Sean, come on, bro. Man, listen, I told y'all a couple weeks ago and a couple shows ago, rather, that this dude is one of the most pessimistic guys. <laughs> he is also one of the most competitive people I've ever encountered. And if you ain't on his level, and if you're not ready for the petty, this dude is always ready for the petty. I hope, yeah. I, I hope y'all understand. You know what, though? On, on the flip side, though, I don't have people like, I don't mind when people call me out if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do either. Like, when but I you've grown up well, since then, though, bro. Yeah. You've grown oh, up wait. a lot. Like, yeah. you've grown up a lot since then. And that's, and that's a part of, you know, just the simple growth. As a grown man, as a as a uh, as an athlete, whatever you want to call it, like you've seen to, enough stuff that you do get it. And yeah, you're supposed this to. Is like sometimes you gotta... with, this is the problem that I have with Haskins. I don't know that Haskins. I think the reason that I think Haskins is in the spot that he's in is because he doesn't get it. Nobody has ever just said to him, "Shut the hell up" or "Sit the hell down." Because he's always been so good. You know what I mean? Like when you're in high yeah. school and you can run for 100 yards and then you can also throw for 200 yards and four touchdowns. Who the hell is talking crazy to you? Right. Nobody. Yeah. And I know we're, we're supposed to be talking about the Browns, but we got off on this tangent of uh, Dwayne Haskins because he's an Ohio State guy. And we're not, listen, I'll, I'll finish it, but we have to at least address it because this is crazy. It's crazy for this guy to be in the spot that he's in, for him to be right. that. For you to give up on a lottery pick like that, and I've, I've always had this one stance. I don't care what, uh, I don't care what sport it is. If you pick a guy in the lottery, you cannot be a project. 
And if I think you're going to be a project, I'm not drafting you. Drafting you that high. Yeah, well, let's see Let's see how it plays out. He may end up learning from it. He's still young. Um, let's see how it plays out because it may be that Washington may need him again at some point because now Alex Smith even played today. And, you know, with his fragile state. Man, like, yeah. Oh. I, I, that dude don't need to play no more. I, you know what? Shout out to Alex Smith, man. That dude been through a lot. Me yes. saying that he doesn't need to play again has nothing to do with me uh, thinking that he's himself trash. I just don't want to see him, you know, injure himself and have to go. He's already been through 17 surgeries. I just don't want to see it. Right. I, I think, I think that, you know, let's let's leave it to these other cats. I get it, Alex. I've hurt myself. I've had surgery. I've had to re. Uh, uh, re-repair myself, but I'm one seventeenth of what that cat did. I had one surgery. He had 17. I can't even imagine. However, bro, go sit home with your, with your family, love on your family, become a coach, but you can't tell guys that. So I get it. I understand it. Um, to a certain extent, I get it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that dude needs to go into a game and then end up getting uh, Joe, uh, Joe Theismann. That's yeah. a Theismann is a verb, by the way. Nowadays, well, that's so, pretty much what happened to uh, Dak Prescott today. It was one he, oh was my gosh, Prescott. We'll get into that a little bit later. <laughs> yeah, just, just just get well soon. I hate to see people. Yeah, I hate that to see anybody awful. get hurt like that, man. So he's done. That was you. awful, but we will talk on that. But, um, so let's do this, let's man. Talk let's talk about the negatives. Okay. Let's get into the negatives, and I'll let you lead into uh, whatever you saw for for uh, from your angle as your negatives, bro. Um, only negatives I have, really, you know, you can't turn the ball over. Um, luckily, we were fortunate um, that it didn't, you know, that it didn't hurt us. Um, and then just Sendejo again. I'm going to ride this dude every week. Sendejo is terrible. Because now, in the second half, we didn't give up big plays in the passing game like we did in the first quarter. Um, so maybe, you know, he, you know, he adjusted whatever, but Sadejo at times just looks lost out there. So that's really like my only negatives because, um, you know, Indianapolis is a good, solid football. Are they great? No. Oh, they're but not they're, great. But they're, they're, well coached. they're very solid. They're well coached. And I really saw things in that defense. I'm like, okay, those guys really, they, they, yeah. they, come, they, they, they come at you and uh, hit hard. It's a very physical game. Uh, well, my uh -huh. third negative. It's just the uh, the injuries. Um, you know, Sheldon Richardson got banged up. It was like Kareem Hunt got hurt late. Uh, he may have re-aggravated like his hamstring or groin. Um, who else, man? Somebody else had to leave. Um, um, Harrison is safety, and he was replacing Carl Joseph, yeah. who was in action. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he had to pick six. Harrison had to pick six. Right. And there was another lineman. I can't remember who, but somebody else that went out. Um, the rookie from Missouri. What's his name? Uh, uh, damn, I can't think of his name, but you're talking about the defensive tackle. Yeah, um, and, and he he was replacing Oakland Joby, who yeah, was hurt. Yeah, so yeah. Um, now that, that you're going into Pittsburgh, man, it's kind of like a mash unit. And Baker Mayfield got hurt. He got shaken up twice. Yeah, he got hit. Um, Dude hit him in the wrist. I saw it. Right. Like, he, and and the throwing hand, so right. I think he kind of lost feeling in it for 
for a minute too, because right. I saw him doing let's, that. Let's hope it's not, because you know how it is. The next day, something will swell up. They do an MRI, then it'll be a cracked bone or something like that, and they'll right. be out for six weeks. Seen that story before. So hopefully, um, these guys can get healthy, man. Because we're going into Pittsburgh now, man. This is still a yeah. Now we now we getting into some real into some real yeah. uh, football. You know, in terms of the uh, of the uh, uh, in terms of the division. We have to right. be able to play within our division. We've already gotten uh, our asses handed to us by the Ravens. So um, I think um, on our midweek show, if you guys want to tune in, I'm going to try to get one of my really, really, really good friends, one of my best friends. Uh, he was born and raised in Pittsburgh, and he sucks ass. But <laughs> – <laughs> Maybe I'll try to get him into the show to give us his, you know, perspective of the game and allow us to, you know, let him know how much ass he sucks. Cause, exactly. Because <laughs> we hate we hate Pittsburgh. We hate everything about Pittsburgh. He Look, and he doesn't always understand why I hate even going into Pittsburgh. He doesn't always understand it. Like, he'll be like. Well, we just going to the to the you know the Pirates game. Why are you mad to go into the Pirates game? <laughs> it's in Pittsburgh, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, I hate everything freaking Pittsburgh. This is the stupidest hill I've ever went up. You know, like like yeah, exactly. you know, he, he's always like, "Why do you hate everything in my city?" Because it's Pittsburgh, you jackass. And it, it's it's only two hours away, but a whole different. I mean, it's. It's hard to drive in the city, hills, mountains, narrow streets, you know. And a whole bunch in. of yins, yins and, and nets. Yeah. That's how they talk, yins and nets. Screw Pittsburgh. But go ahead yeah, and uh, – I, I don't give a damn. So my <laughs> negatives, here are my few negatives. It was only a couple. Uh, to echo kind of what you were saying, Zendejo today, I, I, I've tried. And Sean will tell you guys, or you guys can just go back and check some of our old shows uh, within the last month or so. I've kind of tried to stand up for Zendejo. Sean has never allowed me to have that moment. I, I'm, I'm, I'm relenting at this point. That dude stunk today. Like, he stunk. He stunk, stunk. Like, stunk. I need him to get away from my football team. <laughs> Seriously, I need him. Like, if I don't see, like, when, when I when I turn on uh, Good Morning Football in the morning, on the little call on the bottom of the screen, I want to see what, what's his first name, Anthony. I I, I don't even know his name. His first name. I, even, I, look, I didn't even look it up. I gotta look when it I, up. What I want to see on the bottom of that screen is breaking news: <laughs> the Browns have released. Safety is in day hall. I don't care who they put in there. Listen, man, that guy was awful today. He gave up at least two 25-plus yard plays within that within that defense. Now they they do play a lot of one one uh, safety high type of type of stuff, but if you're the one safety high, you have to be high. He was always the underneath guy. Right. Yeah. Like his instincts right now are just terrible. Yeah, his, yeah, yeah. He's off, bro. 
He's off, man. So uh, he was bad today. He was bad. Like he was bad today. He was bad. So uh, Zendejo is is one of my negatives. I didn't necessarily like seeing Baker throw as much as I saw Baker throw. I, I thought I like what Stefanski was attempting to do. But you know how I feel, and I know how you feel about being the smartest dude in the room all the time. Sometimes you just got to do this until they stop this, right? And if they stop this, then we can go to something else. But it didn't really look like, you know, Hunt, that's my other thing. Hunt didn't really look like he looked last week. And I don't know if it was the defense or if it was the offensive line or if it was him. It's probably a combination. It's probably a combination of both. And and, and give yeah. Hunt credit. Um, he he dealt seventy two tough. That tough was tough yards. Yeah, that, that was, was a workman's like performance. And sometimes yeah. Yeah. you get fail, man. You're not gonna get one hundred and fifty yards every year. That, that and listen, happens. and that's fine. I'm I'm okay. I'm okay that he didn't get that. But I was like, was it? This or was it that? Because I have I don't have enough sample size because he always comes in, right. yeah, uh, behind behind Chubb. So I don't know. So that was a negative, not because it was a negative, but I because yeah. I don't really know. So I'm a I'm a highlight that, and then continue to watch it over the next five or uh, four to six weeks, however long Chubb is out, because I need to see if this is an issue, because it ain't going to get any easier next week against Pittsburgh. No, not at all. It's only going to get worse. So you have to, as the running back, as the key running back, as the number one running back, you have to be able to hit those holes and get to where you're getting. And I'm not sure if what I saw today makes me feel like that's what this guy is still capable of. I know he can, but can you do it consistently? And and that was that was another one of my negatives. So, so uh, go ahead, bro, uh, with your negatives if you have any, or if you got uh, something. I already, to add. No, I already went over my negatives, but we can go ahead and give our game balls. Um, All right. So All right, you go ahead, go ahead, balls, bro. Give game balls. Uh, um, I'm gonna give one to Richard Higgins um, for not you know being active the last two weeks. He came in, contributed, caught a touchdown pass. And he had a huge block um, to spring Deonis Johnson, which pretty much sealed the game on that long run in the fourth quarter. I'm also going to give a game ball to Miles Garrett, of course. Um, played an excellent game. Uh, wreaked havoc all day. Um, probably he didn't have a strip sack today. Um, that's become like his norm now. But I think he did force an interception. Like when he – He, he, he did. Uh, yes, he did. Uh, yes, yes, he enough. did. To, uh, and, and a bunch of inc in incompletions. I'll tell you right. that. He, he forced at least three incompletions. Right. And then my third game ball, um, I actually want to give it to the Browns coaching staff just for making the necessary adjustments uh, with the play calling and whatnot to make sure that we uh, we pulled this game out. So now that was – listen, that was I – give, I give you credit for that, bro. Um, I know I gave a game ball a couple weeks ago to uh, Bill Callahan, one of the coaching guys. But today, in this particular situation, I wasn't even thinking about 
the adjustments that these guys made. So that was actually that was a great uh, game ball, bro. I'm gonna I'm 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 say that out loud. That's a great game ball. Giving it to the coaching staff because they right. did do a great job. Um, that wasn't one of my game balls. And I'm just saying that to right to kind of echo to kind of echo. So t- today. I'm going to give one, my first game ball to who else? Miles Garrett. This dude is incredible. Uh, this dude is a problem. This dude is a, a legit, I have to fix my entire offense or whatever I do well to make sure this guy doesn't wreck it. He's that told you he's a specialist he doesn't always you know maybe give you the tangible numbers but man this dude is incredible this dude is all over the place a lot of times like a lot a lot so I got to give a game ball to Miles he had another sack he leads the league in sacks he's at six I believe yeah um in in freaking four weeks (laughs) <laughs> which is stupid. <laughs> right. He's got already three uh, uh, forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. Miles Garrett is incredible. And if you think he might not be incredible, you are either uh, coming down with early onset uh, Parkinson's or something that, where you just can't. <laughs> Remember some stuff. Uh, uh, you know, I don't understand why you couldn't see what this guy actually means to not just the Browns, but to football. Like he's getting ready to get into those types of conversations, not just football conversations. I mean, excuse me, not just Cleveland Brown conversations, but into football conversations where you're comparing him to Lawrence Taylor, uh, Bruce Smith. You know, those guys that affected games in ways that you – I mean, you had to adjust your entire offense to, to keep these guys out. So, Miles Garrett gets uh, one of my uh, one of my game balls. My other game ball, I'm going to give it to Olivier Vernon. You know why? That dude was as disruptive as I've seen him in weeks. Like, I was looking for him. And I didn't have to look that far. He didn't get – if you look at the at the stat line, he might have had two or three tackles. But, man, this dude had at least five pressures. I saw him push his guy into Phillip Rivers no less than three times. Yeah, exactly. So, I got – I got, hey, man, big ups to Olivier. Hopefully this is the guy uh, that you're getting ready to become for us. I know that that might have been a guy that you were for Miami. I know that that might have been a guy that you were for uh, the Giants. But I hope that that's the guy that you're getting ready to be for us. Again, we talked about that in the midweek show that I think Miles creates so much discourse in an offensive line that it allows guys like Sheldon and Olivier to be single covered. And if these guys could just be aggressive enough, it could, it could happen. Um, so that was my second game ball was Olivier. And believe it or not, 
again, show you guys that we're not haters. My third game ball goes to Shel, uh, Sheldrick White, uh, uh, Red Wine. <laughs> I told you, I messed that dude's name up every time I say it. <laughs> totally. Um, it, it, I thought and I believe for the last year and a half, two years that this guy's been on the team, that he may have been the, the worst guy to put on a, a Cleveland Browns jersey. However, today, today, all he did was be where he needed to be at least twice because he had a, a pass defense as well. But he also had an interception, um, and it stopped uh, momentum that these guys momentum. Had. Yeah, that was a huge interception. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to give a guy that we've given grief to uh, a game ball. And all of that, all of those things, the negatives and the positives, by the way, all led to my Cleveland Browns, so our Cleveland Browns being uh, leaving this week, uh, four and one, going into uh, Steeler week. Uh, I hate the Steelers. Uh, they're pieces of shit. I wish they didn't exist. <laughs> However, they exist, and we got to play them next week. What do I? What do I? What do I do? I just got to watch right, the game, and hopefully, we don't get shit on ourselves because they're shitty. So that's, that's it for <laughs> that's it for today in terms of, of what happened for the Browns. Um, I also want to talk a little bit. We kind of led into a few of those things. Um, uh, excuse me, we led into this a little bit uh, a bit ago about that Prescott. It looked like my man broke his ankle. It was awful. It was one of the worst things I've seen in terms of an injury. Um, just being frank, without the injury, I didn't think that Dak Prescott was an elite quarterback. Doesn't matter. Um, he's been really good for what Dallas does, and he deserves to get paid. And I think I said that as well. And seeing him get hurt, it really just made me more upset because it's kind of like a win for Jerry, like. You know, while I'm I'm not sure that he was rooting for this dude to get hurt, I wouldn't say that. But I know that Jerry's like, yeah. Yeah, because my only thing is, like, here's my thing. I never thought that Dak deserved, like, Russell Wilson-type money, which he was asking he for. But the caveat is, like, Dak Prescott isn't doing anything differently than Tony Romo did. Listen, yet, he's not. Tony Romo got his money. Thank you, son. So, Thank so, so, you. So and, and you, you must have known where I was getting ready to go. You had right. to know that that's where I was getting ready to go. So, so, so when you put it in that perspective, you need to go ahead and 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 pay the man. So, um, shout out to Dak Prescott. I hope you get well soon, recover, and come back strong. Dak, Dak, Dak I hope, I hope, I hope, and pray that you get well, and that you get well fast. And I also hope that you get your money, whether it's in Dallas or whether it's somewhere else. I hope that you get your money, bro. Uh, yes, because you have, in terms of wins and in terms of, you know, your performance on the field, you have performed as, as well as the guy who ended up retiring with multiple back issues that got all the money he could find 
for no reason because he didn't win mm-hmm. shit just like you did. Sure so didn't. it's no reason. And I'm saying that not to, to ridicule that. I'm just saying it just in general, just being equating the both. Uh, Tony Romo didn't win shit. Am I, am I wrong, bro? The, or am I, am no, I missing something? No, you Because he didn't right. win shit as far as I'm concerned. He didn't win anything. I got, I got, I got one less uh, playoff win than Tony Romo does. <laughs> Me and I ain't playing the NFL. Right. So uh, again, my hats off, and I always, I got to tip my cap to to Dak. Dak is one of those guys that you that you just kind of like, even though you may not like him. Uh, also, as I'm getting ready to 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 segue to something else. Looks like the uh, the Lakers. LeBron gets his fourth ring. But the Lakers are, as you predicted, on our midweek show. Uh, they blew these guys out. They blew these guys out early. They didn't give them a shot. They didn't give them a chance. Uh, you predicted that on uh, our Wednesday show. So again, I tip my cap to my man. This is why he here, because he. <laughs> <laughs> he can see things and understand some things that we don't always see. Look, Jr. already got his shirt off. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not watching the ceremony. I'm, I'm watching the. Uh, I got the Vikings and the Seahawks. So I'm not going to watch. This dude ain't. This dude, uh, Jr. ain't did nothing to do nothing. nothing. But he got his shirt nothing off. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. I don't. Shout out to this I don't and here's. And I'm glad this is an easy segue into the NBA because we were going to talk about the finals as it was. Um, I don't know how, like, celebratory you could be on this. Like, how celebratory? I'm not going to put an asterisk, and I'm not requesting an asterisk. I'm not expecting an asterisk because I remember back in 99 when Tim Duncan and those guys won a uh, championship. I knew one thing if I didn't know nothing else. As Patrick Ewing had the Knicks won, would they want an asterisk next to their name? Ask Charles Barkley, would he have wanted an asterisk next to his championship if he had won that year? So nobody, nobody wants that shit. So let's right. winning the championship is difficult, and it was probably more difficult um, in that bubble setting than anything. You're wearing your thing. Move how you want to move. You're confined to the yeah, hotel. Yeah, yeah, You can't um, move around like you want. Yeah, right. And, you, and you're playing games every other day sometimes like even back to back so it, you really didn't have like a rest period especially in the playoffs you know how they stretch the play back you know under normal circumstances in the first round you would have like three days between games yeah now they, they, they were spitting them out you know every other day you had to get out there um through injuries through yeah uh, going through that testing every day man you, you're getting tested every single day if i'm sticking a swab up halfway up your nose um, i'm sure that's irritating so it's a tough setup. It's a tough situation, man. And, uh, you know, shout out to uh, the Lakers, to LeBron, to uh, AD, to my guy KCP. Uh, again, we, uh, I will not, I will not, I will never give a guy grief. Right. When a guy shows up and then act like I didn't see him show up, KCP showed up again. Yeah, he showed out and he showed up and showed out in the finals. So my hats off to KCP. Um, congratulations to the Los Angeles Lakers. Congratulations to what is that? Seventeen now or is it eighteen? That's seventeen. I okay. believe. 
and then yeah, you know, and I used to be like, I used to be a super Lakers fan. Sean, I tell you, I was I was yeah. all about Magic Johnson. That was the reason I played basketball. That was the reason I wanted right. to. One of my homies back in the day just called me Little Magic because I th- look, I thought I was gonna grow to be six nine. I wanted to, but I didn't realize. Look, I didn't realize my daddy was five eight and my mom was five one. <laughs> so the chances, the chances right. of that was kind of small. Right. And I actually did. I, look, I'm taller than both my parents. I'm five foot ten. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> hey man. But, uh, you know, uh, the Lakers are one of the great organizations in terms of how they're run. Um, we've been here before as as a team, uh, the Cavs have, in terms of Cleveland. We've seen it, and we've seen it with LeBron. LeBron sees another championship, and that's great for him. Uh, he's got his fourth. Uh, shout out to uh, LeBron James. Again, y'all, you guys, anybody who follows the show knows I'm not no super LeBron fan, but again, ain't no hate. You won a championship, homie. So, so cart that trophy off. I don't know who I'm, I'm looking now to see who uh, wins uh, or who gets the uh, MVP. They haven't said quite yet, but we're gonna see. It. We're gonna see here in a minute. And if it's LeBron, listen. If it's LeBron, I'm gonna be upset. I, I, and I'm not gonna be upset because LeBron doesn't deserve it. I think I'm gonna be upset because I think AD did more in a situation that wasn't his normal situation. Right. Man, LeBron had a triple-double. So a triple-double in the closeout game. Plus he had, what, 40 um, in game five. So he's going to get the MVP, and I think he deserves the MVP. I'll tell you what. Listen, you said that in the Wednesday uh, show, so it made me pull back from saying he didn't deserve it. Because what you didn't hear me say was he didn't deserve to win it. Uh, I didn't necessarily think he should have gotten it when he was in Cleveland. But I also don't think he should get it tonight. I thought Kyrie, because you can look at numbers, but did you watch the game? Kyrie showed up in so many critical moments of that series uh, and shit, Kyrie, Kyrie did everything LeBron. You know, when LeBron scored 40, guess who else scored 40 with him? Kyrie did. Um, when we were down and not hitting shots and doing the things that we should have been doing, who was showing up? Kyrie was rolling off 10, 12 points at a time. And that's the same thing that I saw uh, Anthony Davis do. So just being a fan of the game, I know how, oh, I'm just going to hand this to Michael Jordan and all that stuff. I know what that means. I know what that that says because you got a guy that's the face of your franchise or the face of your league to win it. I know what that means. But the truth is, who should be the MVP? It should be the Ron guy James. that stepped up at those times. I'm still talking. Shut up. <laughs> LeBron. <laughs> who, who should be your guy in that particular moment? And to me, it should be the guy that was the guy that carried you through some of those critical freaking moments. Now, I will give you that. I will say that. 
I did not know that LeBron was, uh, you know, and, and it, I'm, I'm getting ready to throw up watching Dwight Howard walk around with the guy. Oh, I forgot he get a ring. Uh. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready to throw up right this second watching Dwight Howard uh, walk around with a damn trophy. I've never uh, seen a seven foot waste of space like that, dude. Right. <laughs> you know what? We we can get off on a tangent. We could talk about that all day, man. But uh, once again, shout out to the Lakers. Um, now, we will be interesting now with everything still being crazy because um, everything um, with baseball and the NBA is like off schedule. Because, um, as a matter of fact, the NBA should be in training camp. Yeah, get ready for the you know for, for the 2021 season. Yeah, it's October. Push things back, they're not, so they're are, not are they going to? Yeah, it's October. They shouldn't be. They should be gearing up for the 21 22. Uh, right. Excuse me, the 2021 season. They even have haven't even had the draft yet, so they have to draft. Um, figure out are you going? I mean, you can't do a bubble with 32 teams. And, and when do they start back up? Like when's yeah. the when's the start back? Uh, He's saying, um, basically, Adam Silver, I think that you have posted um, an interview with him on our Facebook page. He said either December, I think it'll probably be more likely like January, and they'll probably have a truncated season because um, they, they have to get it back on schedule at some point. So they will probably have maybe like a 50-game season. What was this? Um, what was this? Uh, what was uh, the number on this particular season? Do you remember? It would have been uh, 70, 71. Was it 71? Really? Yeah, because the Lakers ended up 52 and 19. So okay. Yeah, so they played okay. games. Okay. Uh, Miami ended up playing, see, now Miami, 44 and 29. So they paid, played 73. So I guess it all depends on, I guess when the, when the original season ended, and the bubble picked up. I guess teams have played a different amount of games, and may even played a different amount of games in the bubble. So that's interesting how that. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a weird. Out. Yeah. I mean, this is gonna be a weird. Uh, I would say the next maybe two or three years. Look at Deion Waiters sitting back there, just just uh, grinning. Oh, he gets one too. Huh? Throwing up gang signs. Are you kidding it's... me? Right now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on, come on, Dion. Yeah, my gosh. Anyway, I, you know, I just kind of—that's why I'm not even watching it. It's like I, I'm, I'm watching. I just it. go back. I just go back towards real players, guys that play. Uh, LeBron is a real player. Uh, there ain't no question about that. Uh, AD is a real player, which is why we're only discussing one or two guys as <laughs> the potential <laughs> MVPs. <laughs> All these other guys is just there for the sake of. I mean, but they had guys that stepped up. Uh, KCP stepped up and played really, really good uh, those last two or three games. Um, Rondo, I, I said this, and people gave me grief. I said, man, Rondo stepped up and played like 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 we both discussed, and it's LeBron. LeBron won the MVP again, uh, the, the finals MVP. Um. Like, I, I just thought Rondo stepped up and played. So he gave them another dimension that now you really can't slow these cats down. You know what I mean? Like, you could say, yeah. you could say, oh, yeah, we're going to stop them or we're going to keep them from 
this, that, the fifth, whatever. But no, you're not. You're not really going to stop these guys when you have a guy that can prevent you from stopping us from yeah, doing it. He was just doing all the little things, all the dirty work. Yeah, and, and that, listen, bro, that was it. He was the Ron Harper of this series. He was exactly. the old savvy vet that uh, facilitated everything else that ever happened. So, uh, again, shout out to LeBron. That's uh, MVP number four. For LeBron, uh, he averaged, what is it, uh, 29.8, 11.8, and just under seven assists, I believe, per game. They just showed it, but I, I can't go back and look at it. But, yeah, he, he was almost at a triple-double. Um, he's Listen, the dude is a stat filler. I've had him on fantasy basketball a few times. And whether you like him or not, you know, it's one of the things that you do in fantasy is you understand how good guys are. Like, you, you, you're like, oh, I need Heinz Ward. Because one thing Heinz Ward does, Heinz Ward's going to get you two, two touchdowns for no freaking reason. But don't bring up no Steelers right now. Not, not doing Steelers. Listen, I'm just keeping it 100. No, don't bring those up. are guys that I don't like. And I don't always like LeBron, but LeBron always – Fills up those uh, those stat uh, those stat categories. Yeah, he affects the game in in multiple ways. Okay. Yeah, and he oh. has he's one of these few guys uh, that have three championships with with, uh, with three teams. He now joins Robert Ory and um, Danny Green as well. Those two don't count. Yes, they do, because they no, got three rings with those no, three teams. here's my thing. Like, LeBron's is different because he led three different teams I didn't, listen, I didn't to, to a championship. Do, they do count. And I'm not going – I'm not sitting here trying to deride the dude. I'm not trying to deride just, the dude. I just said – No, Ori, no, Robert Ori, Ori got three – does he not have three championships with three teams? Did he not hit – honestly, with both teams, did he not hit – Three really big shots with each team. Yes, he did. So yes, he you did. can't say that that dude doesn't belong in that conversation. No, he did not give 30 points and whatever else, rebounds, whatever that LeBron – I didn't say he was a superstar. I mean, but really he's not like, the only like, guy who's ever done it. I mean, like Jack Haley has probably like three rings with three, three different teams. Too. Jack Haley does. You're right. Actually, with the Spurs, with the Spurs, Bulls, and the Lakers. I think he was with the Bulls, and I know he was with the Bulls in the in the uh, in the, in the um, Lakers. Yeah, I, I think he might have been with the Spurs too. To be honest, I have to go back and look. But well, I, I didn't know, man, I didn't know Tracy McGrady got a ring with the with the Spurs. Yeah, he was there. You want to talk? You want to talk about gravy training your way to a to a title? <laughs> My God, I forgot. <laughs> they were showing like some, you know, I watched the uh, hardwood classics and stuff like that. I was like, McGrady was on that team? Yeah, he was on that. Listen, he got a ring. Danny Ferry got two rings. Yeah, but Danny Ferry actually played. That, look, he didn't play that much, but Danny Ferry didn't got play. two rings. Brady didn't play at all. <laughs> and, and Kerr did. Listen, the first year that Kerr was in San Antonio when they won the championship, Kerr didn't play that much. He no. played more in that second championship than he did in that first one. Right. Like, Kerr kind of proved himself. And I think it was some injuries that happened. But Right. Um, like, Gary Payton got one with the Heat. He got one with that 06 Heat team. Who? Gary Payton. 
the one oh, yeah, where, where Wade and, and uh, Shaq. Yeah, 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 listen, yeah. Uh, GP, but actually GP played well with them. He played really he good. He did play a little bit. Yeah. He went to L.A. with uh, Carl Malone, if you guys forget. I remember that. And that expert, that Dallas. And that, and that didn't work. No, it didn't. You know, Detroit beat the hell out of them. And then he went to Miami. One thing, they was all crippled. Yeah, man. They were old. Like then. You had Carl Malone. But you also had, but they shouldn't have left. They should have never lost. The reason that they lost is because Kobe and Shaq were feuding and they were giving each other, you know, way more grief than they should have been giving each other. Right. Um, But again, uh, no hate. No slight shout out to uh, the, the Lakers. When you win a championship, and I've been there, I, I remember being in this same spot uh, four years ago, feeling like the king of the world. It was Father's Day, and I didn't want nothing to do with my kids. All I wanted to do was watch the Cavs right. win the championship, potentially, potentially. Because that, that was all we had at that moment. Yeah, man, the, the, the crazy part about that day, man, the whole city was on edge all day. We like, were, like we, listen, we took my father we out to breakfast. Eat. Listen, bro. Everybody in Bob Evans was quiet. I mean, you could hear nobody, <laughs> nobody saying nothing. It was like 8 o'clock in the morning. I had the same T-shirt I had wore for the whole playoffs. I, I wore shirt. my Cleveland. Like a, like a Phil Onion. That shirt was trifling. That's like, I was not, bro, so I'm not taking this shirt off until we I I was at game six. I was at game six, so I had the same shirt that they gave us for game six on. So I had it on underneath <laughs> my suit because I didn't know where I was going to be. So I was like, man, I ain't got time to go home and change clothes and all that kind of dumb shit. Um, but I had this T-shirt on. It, it just says CLE in uh and the wine colors, it was a black T-shirt, and it was outlined in the, in the uh, excuse me, it had the gold colors, but it was outlined okay. in wine. And it was a black T-shirt. So I think I had it on uh, a couple times ago, but I'll put it on again. Trust me, I will. Because it says CLE on it. And this is all about Cleveland. So I uh, put this thing on. I go pick up my brother, my, my younger brother, my youngest brother. Um who's 18. So I'm like, at the time, I'm 42. He's 18. Uh, I pick up my nephew. I leave my mom and my dad in the restaurant. Like when, when we got done eating, I was like, all right, hey, so hey, listen, I got to go. <laughs> I, I leave. I'm like, I'm out. Uh, Donnie flew and my brother Donnie flew into Cleveland from Houston, where he lives at. And he was like, bro, there's no way. Hey, I came here for Father's Day. However, there's no way I'm going to miss being in Cleveland when and if we win this championship. I'll never forgive myself. Like, these are the reason that we, uh, myself and Sean, started this podcast is for that type of situation. You can't not be here for the win. Like that, that sentiment, that particular sentiment, bro, you can't, you can't recreate that. You can't, you damn sure can't recreate it from Houston. Like, man, I got to be home. 
I got to, if I was out of town or if I was somewhere else, man, I got to be home. I got to get my ass home. Because, you know, my job, I, I travel for my work, but man, I got to be, I'm about to be back at the crib. Right. And being in Cleveland, being downtown Cleveland, and seeing the shenanigans uh, that these guys poured out into the city for a championship. I don't know that we'll ever have that again because of uh, where we are right now. But man, it's nothing like that. It was man, nothing. trust me. It can be it can be the third wave of COVID. And if the Browns won a Super Bowl, oh, it's over. With. Oh, it's, it's over. It's over. People Listen, are not gonna care. People will be like, outside like them, spreading look, the like, virus. Like them folks that that do the uh, the looting. Oh, I'm gonna be out there unmasked and. <laughs> <laughs> Probably about five below zero. Just just going berserk. Right. Just going the whole crazy. city is going crazy. Like we had over like we had over um you know a million people downtown for the Cavs parade. If the Browns won a Super Bowl, it would be double that. Easy. Easy. It, it would way be way easy, bro. Be insane. Way easy. I keep saying this. And Sean is the only person that will agree with me. Well, he's not the only person. But he's one of the only people that I actually uh, have respect that same way for. So when I say it, Sean gets it. Because I'm not saying it in a hateful way. LeBron could have won this championship this year and two or three more while he was here. If the Browns make it to the Super Bowl, it trumps all of that. It does. It trumps. It's always been a football town, man. It's always, had, you know, and it always will be. Um, it trumps all of this. And people get mad. They're like, oh, man, you a hater. That you only saying that because you don't like LeBron. It's never been that nah, I don't like LeBron. Do I just understand what this is. It just is what it is. And it, it, it is what it is. It's and a, John a, knows that. It's a football town it. first. It's a baseball town second. Yeah. And basketball the Cavs, third. The Cavs have always been on, on first base. With 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 the Browns on third and the and the uh, and the Indians on second, right? You know the the in, uh, excuse me the Cavs have to generate the progress. I mean they used to they used to exist in a building that seated like forty five thousand people. They probably only got about if they got half of those people in the building. Even when the Cavs are doing really really good. It took a lot for people because it was an hour away from the city. Oh, you're talking when they played at the Coliseum. When they played like at the Coliseum. Industry. When the yeah. Cavs finally got good, I remember because my uncle, I'm not going to, I don't want to blow my spot and I don't want to put fam out there like that. But my uncle used to work for the Cavs and he still does actually right now. Um, and he used to tell me it just isn't, like it's not lucrative for people to come all the way out here just to go to a game. He was the first person to tell me or, or kind of allude to the situation that these guys would be downtown at some point. He was like, nah, I don't think this going to you know, continue to be. I mean, the force used to fill the building before the Cavs did. Yeah, back then, yeah. Like the force. <clears throat> The force was in the finals like two or three years in a row. And what you're talking and about, he's talking about the, the, talking look, about the Cleveland one, force. By the way. That, that was a, um, an indoor soccer league team oh, that we had. 
Yeah, that's you right. Know, I, back listen, in the seventies and eighties. Here I am talking to Sean like we on the like we on the regular right. phone call. I, I I I'm sorry. Uh, the Cleveland Force, as Sean just pointed out, was the uh, MISL, the Major League Indoor Soccer League, that disbanded since. Uh, at that time, in the 80s and early 90s. Right. And we were so thirsty for a winner that they fell out. In fact, it was the only team in the league that made a profit. Like, like the league folded, not because so of us. Like, like the, Cle- the Cleveland Force made a profit. There's other teams didn't. They yeah, nobody else was making a profit. Right, right. They, they'd have 2,000 people, and we here we are selling out the Coliseum at, at 20,000. Yeah. The Coliseum seated for them, like, around about 30,000, 35,000, which is ridiculous. But those people would show up to watch major indoor soccer because we yeah. hadn't seen a winner in <laughs> Cleveland in so long. It was How ridiculous anything. is that, bro? Right. I'm going to mess all y'all up one of these days. Uh, when y'all go to the YouTube channel, which is uh, Two Guys in a Mic uh, 216, I'm going to have on a Force t shirt. I'm going to mess up all old school cats that pay attention. I'm going to mess y'all up. I'm going to put that joint on. I, 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 look, I'm about to order it tonight. Hey, go ahead and order it online. It's probably about $8.99. I had to get one dirt cheap. Look, I can probably. <laughs> I could probably get it from somebody who played with and I, and, and I still I still don't know what that logo was. It was some type of spaceman with a kicking a soccer ball. It, it was a dude who was kicking a ball and it was like a tornado right. that he was kicking. I don't know what it, I, thing. I don't know. <laughs> I still don't know what that thing was. But uh but, but let's go ahead and do this, man. Let's um real quick touch on the baseball playoffs and make our yes. predictions. Yes, um, so yes. right now in the American League Championship Series, it is the Tampa Bay Rays against the, the cheating ass um, Houston Astros. Look, look the- I have it written down. I want you to see this. I'm glad you said that. I want you to see this. Can you see that? What does that say? Yep, the Houston cheaters. The Houston cheaters. <laughs> <laughs> in the, in the, uh, uh, the National League Championship Series, we have the uh, Los Angeles Dodgers against the Atlanta Braves. So right now, um, game one is going on now, the Astros and the Rays. And Tampa um, is actually leading two to one in the top of the seventh. And I need the Braves. Yeah, and then the Braves in the uh, um, Dodgers start tomorrow. That'll be game one for them. So, um, and not to go in all in depth and all this analysis and stuff like that, um, I'm going to just just make my picks. I'm going to pick the um, Rays, and it's the best of seven series. I think the Rays will get the Astros. Um, the Rays have one of the most underrated organizations um, in sports. They don't spend a lot of money at all, but they have a great farm system and just turn out Agreed. Agreed. and they're competitive every year. Um, and just karma, you know, being what it is, the Astros – they just hit the shit out this dude, man. Did they? Man, he just hit the shit out this dude. Well, you just turned to the football game? No, I, I mean, I'm watching the baseball. I'm actually watching the ALCS. Okay. And they, I mean, they hit. And listen, if he hadn't turned around, he would have caught that right in the chin. He caught it in the back of his shoulder. Okay. Wow. My and bad. Then, no, no, you're good. And then in the National League, I'm actually going to go with the – 
Um, you said race. You, you said you're going with Tampa. I'm going with Tampa. Okay. And then I'm going. Now, are you going uh, with Tampa because uh, Houston is full of cheaters? No, no. I just think Tampa uh, probably has a better overall team, man. They've been on the cusp for quite a while, so I think it's like okay. it's their turn okay. to finally go into the World Series. And then I'm, I'm also picking. I'm picking the Braves. Um, Braves have been kind of there too, flirting. Um, you know, getting to the playoffs, getting eliminated. And I think the Braves are ready to take that next step, too. Okay. Um, so that's what I'm going with. Um, I see your picks, and I raise you a few. All right. I will start in the NLCS, the National League Championship. I'm, I'm going to go with the Dodgers. Now, I'm going to tell you what, to, to, to kind of, like I said, I see you. Atlanta has a great offense. Like, again, when you said that the Tampa, uh, I'm calling them the Devil Rays, I don't give a damn. When the Devil Rays <laughs> has a great organization, you know who also has a really great organization? The Atlanta Braves. Let's just be honest. Whether we like them or not, they are always, always kind of there. They always do some of the right shit to put themselves right here all the time. You don't even always know some of their players all of the time. However, they always have a great team. Right. So my hat's off to, uh, you know, the Atlanta Braves for always fielding a team that's a problem for uh, the National League. Like, the National League has to deal with these guys. Um, I like uh, Okuna or Akuna. That dude is a monster. Yeah, he is. Uh, Okuna Jr. But they also have great pitching. Surprise, the Atlanta Braves have greater, uh, great pitching. Uh, however, the Dodgers have been exactly what the Braves have been. A team that's right on the cusp. A team that's been uh, deep into the playoffs and even into uh, the World Series. They just haven't been able to pull it off. However, I think this year that the Dodgers will pull this, at least pull this NLCS off. So I'm going to um, reach into my bag of tricks. And I'm going to say that the Dodgers uh, win this series somewhere close to 4-2. to two. I think they have the ability with the pitching. I think uh, the management is there. The offense is there, too. I, I, you know, in the last series, these dudes had history. Atlanta and uh, uh, what's the team they were playing against? Uh, Miami. Miami. They had history. And I feel like Miami, you know, gave these guys too much energy. Like, Miami was ahead. And then they hit Okuna, a guy who gets hit like 67 times a year. <laughs> and then this team has hit him out of those 67 times, 35 times. <laughs> and my numbers are off. So anybody who's checking my numbers, I, this is hyperbole. Fact check. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is hyperbole. Fact check. But, but they've hit this dude at least – four or five times they got a history hitting him 
And literally, I was watching the game when when my uh, when they were up when, my, uh, when uh, Miami was up, and they hit this guy. And I remember the the uh, announcers just being like, "Why do you want to awaken these guys when they're kind of down right now? You're up two one in the series, and you're up like three or four nothing. They were up four nothing at that time. So now you hit this guy. Now this guy's pissed off." So now you pissing off the next guy behind him too, because he's ready to, to take, you know, go to bat to show you why you don't, okay, you're going to hit him. Now I'm about to hit this. And literally right after that, these guys had a rally and they won that game. So, uh, you know, I, I just think that the Braves are a good team. They're a really good team. But I'm going to go with the Dodgers, and I'm going to go with Tampa as well. I think Tampa, as we said, when you talk about well-run organizations, I don't know that Houston – listen, Houston are cheaters. They're cheating. And I, I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm rooting for Tampa because Houston are cheaters. Okay. That's just me. Um, I, I, don't, I don't like – I don't know what to believe about those guys. Like, how do you come from Houston and you go to another team and talk about integrity? What? Yeah, exactly. Like, I just think you guys are cheaters, and I hope you guys lose. I hope that Tampa beats the shit out of you guys. <laughs> well, we would definitely because you see can't, how. you can't always cheat, bro. I remember we weren't that good. When I played baseball, we weren't that good. We had talent on the squad, but we weren't that good. But damn, we wasn't cheap. Right. Well, well, just just one quick point. I mean, everybody tries to steal signs. You try to pick up on some signals, but, Bro, but that's fine when you do it in the midst of the game and you're actually just in a competitive way. But when you got a camera up there and you're filming it, and then you're that's it. Stuff that's there, it. And you got your players well, with with, with papers on. You can't beepers, actively cheat. The you tip cheat them off. The yeah. You cheat in the game. If I could see you. If I know what like what if you if I already know what pitch you getting ready to pitch right now, because I saw your reckless catcher or your reckless second baseman, and I know they about to pick you off a of first, and I just look down first like, mm -mm, mm -mm. don't do it, don't do it, nigga. That's different. But these guys already have intel going into games, based on previous stuff. Same thing we said about the Patriots, right? Right. So I can't give these guys no pass. I don't get a Patriots no pass. Right. Patriots pieces of shit too. I like Bill Belichick, but I'm glad. Only reason I'm glad he died with the Browns, because these dudes were trying to take away all our championships if we had won some with him. I don't want you to try to discredit my championships. I want you right. to know that I won those championships because we were that right. good. Right. And you. that's where I'm at. So uh, that's that's where we are right now with the ALCS with Houston Cheaters and the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And I said Devil Rays on purpose. Uh, <laughs> the uh, L.A. Dodgers <laughs> versus uh, the Atlanta Braves. And I'm rooting for the Dodgers. I've never liked Atlanta. I actually hate Atlanta uh, for their traffic and for their baseball team. Wow. <laughs> that, ain't that a statement? Ain't that a statement? <laughs> right. <laughs> <In> traffic. 
and the baseball team. Well, man, let's go ahead and, and wrap up this show for tonight. Um, well, well, before we wrap it up, before we yeah. wrap it up, I want you guys to know this. Next weekend, Ohio State football comes into play. Ah, yes. So we don't want to forget this. And I know we could have brought this up on Wednesday, but we're going to bring this up today and Wednesday. Why? Because it's all about the O. O-H. I-O. I'm right. telling you. Listen. Find that the best know. conference in the land is finally coming back. So I ain't going to with this SEC and Big, Big 12 all day. Listen, I watched a lot of football on Saturday, um, meaning I watched a lot of college football. For, for you guys who are kind of missing that particular boat, I watched uh, the Red, uh, Red River shootout. Lincoln Riley is a goddamn idiot. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell he was doing because that shouldn't have went to three overtimes. It should have went to regulation had he just ran the ball with a team that don't have no timeouts. Why right. would you pass the ball? Having said that, that lets you know my passion for college football because I believe uh, college football is as pure as anything on the planet, uh, short of uh, paying people money uh, behind closed doors. Right. Yeah, yeah we yeah. haven't really touched on college football really at all. We haven't, but we're getting ready to. Yeah, Listen, not at Ohio State's back. Oh, oh we're getting ready to because once Ohio State gets rolling, because we're going to kick the shit out of Nebraska, by the way. I don't know if anybody out there is listening in Nebraska, but hey, Nebraska, I want you to know that the foot that you're going to feel on Saturday <laughs> is ours <laughs> in your whole ass. You know what? <laughs> like I said, we on that are note. going to kick Nebraska's ass right. on Saturday. And right I'm only saying that because I'm Ohio State. Right now, RP is, is out of control. <laughs> he just threatened the whole state of Nebraska. Whole you know, state, the entire state of Nebraska. The entire state of Nebraska, but uh, but let's go ahead and and um, we're gonna wrap up our show for this evening. Um, I got a long day. As a matter of fact, I got a long week, so I'm about to go ahead and, and and turn in and get some rest and get ready to tackle uh, my work day tomorrow, and then we will be back with you guys on Wednesday. Um, All right, as usual. So, hey, listen. Everybody, I just want to, you know, say it again. I say it all the time. Um, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. Whoever you are, wherever you are, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. We're just trying to fill, uh, build a fan base. This is something regular for me and Sean. Uh, we talk to each other often after Browns games. We go on tangents, and we will talk for two, three, four, seven, eight hours. Uh, right. Uh, we've, we've done it before, but this is a forum for us to kind of uh, put it out there for you guys to hear our conversations and to hear our uh, philosophies and takes on football and every other uh, part of sports. So we appreciate you guys listening. If you guys want to contact us, I said I mentioned it before. We have a YouTube page. It's two guys. Uh, the number spelled out T-W-O, uh, you know, guys, and a mic 216, the numbers 216. So you can uh, actually see us, actually see us in the midst of our podcast. Uh, 
that's a great thing that be able to, to, to match a face with a voice. Also, we are on um, many uh, podcast mediums in terms of audio. Uh, we'll put those out there as well. You can meet us on any of those links. Um, right now, we're recording on Anchor, but we'll be on Apple Podcasts. We'll be on uh, Spotify. Spotify. Again, two guys and a mic, uh, TWO, guys and a mic, 216. So you'll, you'll be able to pick us up there. And if you guys want to just contact us, talk to us, uh, tell us what you like, tell us what you don't like, tell us what you wish we would do, tell us what you wish we would stop doing. Again, it doesn't mean that that's what we're going to do. However, we do appreciate uh, your content because it at least lets us know that you are listening. And that is at Two Guys and a Mic. Again, two being T-W-O, guys and a mic, 216, the numbers, at gmail.com. Please contact us. Please listen. Sean, I love you, bro. All right, love you too, Have a good bro. week. Hope you, uh, you know, you too. pace with all the stuff you got to do this week. Um, and we'll see y'all on Wednesday. All right, man. Everybody have a good night. Hey, the Browns are 4-1 for anybody who just missed that whole. <laughs> who forgot, huh? We 4-1. 4-1! Peace out, Peace. Peace out, America. Love y'all. This is Two Guys in a Mic. Your hosts are Ron Pierce and Sean Davis. Our show is sponsored by The Christian Jaden Project. They can be reached on Facebook and on Instagram at The Christian Jaden Project. Also, they can be reached on the web at thechristianjadenproject.org. We're also sponsored by Renegade Soul. Renegade Soul can be reached on Facebook as well as on Instagram at Renegade Soul 216 and on the web at Renegade Soul 216.com. Thank you for joining us. We look forward to seeing you guys on our midweek show. Peace.